I'd like to talk today on the subject attaining true fulfillment in life. One of the most basic needs in all human striving is to find fulfillment. Fulfillment of our desires, fulfillment of uh, ourselves. And yet very few people reach that point where they can say, yes, I have found fulfillment. So I'd like to discuss not only the need for it, which is fairly obvious, but how to attain it. The problem that we face any time we look for a solution or an answer to a question, solution to a problem, is to define the question or the problem clearly enough. What I've found is that once I've really clearly defined a question, I just about have the answer. The answer is more or less built into the clear statement of the question. And so what we need is mental clarity. Most people, unfortunately, go sort of uh, vaguely through life. They get out of college, they get out of school, they uh, get an offer for a job. They don't ask themselves, what do I really want to do? They figure, well, if I earn money, I'll be able to do what I want to do. What do they want to do? Well, they aren't quite sure. They have it defined for themselves in terms of maybe a wife or husband and maybe a nice home in the suburbs and a yacht and a chance to go on vacations. It's all sort of uh, a vague thing that they assume will come once they've got the money. So there's the first problem that people face, that they go for the means rather than the end. I'm the founder of a community in uh, California near Nevada City called Ananda World Brotherhood Village. And one of the questions that many people asked when I wanted to start this community 23 or more years ago was, but how do we support ourselves? And my answer to that was, that isn't the first question to ask. The first question to ask is, what do you really want to do? Then think about how do you support yourself. It's sort of like people who work to get elected to uh, high office in government. They have to please various interest groups. They have to make various promises that they'd rather not make. They compromise themselves and their consciences, all with the thought that once they're there, they'll have a position of power and authority to be able to uh, add a constructive voice to the legislative process. Well, the trouble is, once they're there, they're so compromised that uh, they don't really have much of a voice because they've gotten there without really knowing what they want, but thinking rather in terms of what they need to promise people to get into the position so then they can sort of clarify their goals. Most of the people in government in any country don't really know what they want. They probably, if they were really to face themselves very truthfully in the privacy of their own bedrooms, look in the mirror and say, what do I really want? They probably would turn around and say, well, I want money, I want fame, I want power. They wouldn't think in terms of, I want to help people, I want to help people in a specific way. I want to do these particular things for people. I want to set this kind of example for people. Those would be sort of a spin-off to them. Well, what I was saying to people when I started this community was that if we have that idea, we'll never get around to starting the community.
What we need to do, in fact, uh, just to uh, sidetrack a little more on that point, there was a man who lived near here in the early days, and he had uh, for many years had a desire to start a boys' school. He didn't have the money to do it, so he bought all sorts of heavy equipment, earth-moving equipment, backhoes, etc. Cost him a great deal of money. He, spent, he had spent 18 years getting that equipment so that he could earn the money to be able to start this school. After 18 years, he was still in debt, still struggling to somehow keep afloat. And uh, uh, last I heard from him, I no longer heard from him. It, it sort of seemed a dream that just went away. Maybe he went away. I don't know. But the fact is that had he started with whatever he had, with one or two students, had he put his real intention first in his life, then the means to accomplish that would have been drawn to him. You see, each one of us is a magnet. As we know, there are strong magnets and there are weak magnets. There are even negative magnets. That is to say, to put it in, in a simpler term, you put the south pole of a uh, magnet against the south pole of another, they repel. In the same way, some people repel success by negative thoughts, by the thought, I can't fail. I don't want to uh, be in the limelight even though I want to succeed on the stage. That kind of contra uh, contrary, self-canceling desire that many people have in their lives. They want something and they want something else that cancels the first thing. So uh, we are all magnets of a sort because whatever it is that we get in life does not depend on blind luck. It depends on the kind of uh, desire we put out into the world around us, into the ether, you might say. You see, the thoughts that you send out act upon matter. It isn't as if your thoughts had no power. How do they act? Well, there's a medium between the uh, thought, the mind, and matter. You can see it working in your own body. You can see that when you uh, will your hand to move, your hand moves. Now, if I will somebody else's hand, if I will your hand to move, the chances are fairly strong that it won't move, unless in some way I hypnotize you or something, which I wouldn't approve of. But uh, with my own hand, how does it move? It moves for the simple reason that I send energy to it. There is a connection between my hand and the brain. And through the nerves, I send energy. Now, if I want to lift a weight, I have to put out more energy. And if I want to lift a great weight, I have to put out a great deal of energy. But it all depends upon the amount of energy that uh, whether I move my hand, whether I'm able to lift that weight or not. Now, that energy is something that we send out. I'm sending that energy out to you. It's a little more difficult. I've got the camera, I've got the videotape, I've got the station, I've got the fact that you're on, in your own home, it's got to come out through uh, your television set. All of these things are obstacles to sending you my vibrations, my thoughts, my energy, whatever it might be. And yet, there is something coming out even so. And you know this is so when you're working with people who are close to you, face to face. That uh, when you want to 
influence them in some way. On the theater, on the stage, you'll usually see them shouting that, that uh, their, a person's influence on the stage seems to be in direct proportion to the amount of shouting and emotion he puts forth. But I hope you realize that that isn't really the way to get things. People who talk with deep conviction in the last analysis are the people who uh, get the most from uh, others, who are able to persuade them the best. I remember a, an interesting episode I had in India many years ago. I was asked by uh, the head of an organization I belonged to then to buy an ivory statue. I went to a government outlet. They have art stores there, art emporiums. And I saw one statue that I very much liked, and I asked them how much it was. And they said it was 400 rupees. Well, I said, this is for a church organization, a religious organization. Would you give us a 5% discount? And he said, well, I'm, I'm sorry, sir, that uh, this is a government uh, store. We don't, we don't give discounts to anyone. 5% would be uh, 20 rupees, wouldn't it? So that would be 380 rupees. Well, I felt that, no, this was right, that he should be involved in this too. And I looked at him as a friend, not hypnotically. I looked at him with, with uh, kindness, sort of, let's be partners in this thing. We're doing it for a good cause. <clears throat> Why should we think in terms just of profit? I want you to have a profit too, but uh, let's give and take. And so with just sort of a friendly smile, I said to him, make it 350 rupees. That was more than 20%, more than 10%. Um, he looked at me sort of stunned and he said, all right. Well, you know, when you, when you put out energy, I could have sat there and sort of, well, picked up an ashtray or said, well, how about making it for 350? Would he have done anything then? You see, you do send energy when you talk to people and you command their attention in proportion not to your stare. I could have stared at him and said, make it 350. I don't think that would have done it either. But I put energy into it, loving energy, friendly energy. And uh, that's how I believe bargaining should be, not belittling the product or the person for selling it at that price. Just sort of, let's be partners in this. And I found that it works pretty well. And the thing is, again, to come back to this question of energy, the amount of energy that you put into whatever it is that you want from life. It doesn't have to be in confrontation with people. It's an energy that you send out into the world, into the universe. And when you have a clear energy, when you don't put out one kind of energy to make it happen and another kind of energy blocking it to keep it from happening, wanting it, being reluctant to have it, wanting it but wanting a million other things too, which di diffuses the concentration of energy that you could put out toward that one thing. When you're clear in your mind as to what you want and why you want it, then you are much more than 50% of the way toward your goal. I would almost be inclined to say that you're already there because solutions and problems are really two sides of the same coin. When you put out the right energy to ask the question, you also have the answer. When you put out the right energy to want something in life, life will give it to you. That's the power of positive thinking. Now, again, I should add to that question of positive thinking that it should be sensitive positive thinking.
And that illustration in that story in India is a good example of what I mean. Because had I come in in a bullying way, not trying to feel where he was, not trying to think of him as a person, merely imposing my demands on him. I remember a shop, in fact, in, in uh, Kashmir, just while we're on that subject, made me think of it. But uh, uh, I had toted up a number of things that I wanted to buy in this shop. And somebody came into the shop uh, while I was there. He was from New York. And he was determined to get a discount on something there. And the owner just, uh, I guess he was put off by the way this man was asking. Also, I know that it was his policy, and so his answer was honest. But he said, I'm sorry, sir, we, we, don't, uh, we don't ever give discounts. And then, so the man left very disgruntled because he, he wanted to win, and since he hadn't won, he didn't want to buy the product. And so this same salesman, the same store owner, turned around to me and he said, all right, now what do we got? Okay, well, I'll give you 15% discount. Well, why? Because we had become friends. Because I liked him, because he liked me. I won him, and that's how we are with the world. We have to be in tune with the world. You've heard about ecology. Well, you don't have to think about ecology as such. You have to think about harmony about being in harmony with nature, about being in harmony with the laws of life. We need to listen and not just impose. And if you want to achieve fulfillment in life, then try to attune yourself also to life. Is this what you want, but is it also what life wants from you? Is it something you and the world can do together harmoniously? Is it something you would be happy doing? Because if it isn't, then I don't think there's any point in doing it. I think another important thing, and by the way, I should come back to the question I, I uh, touched on with the starting of this community. Obviously, since I say it, it's here, uh, we've succeeded. In, uh, we've been very successful in our 23 years of existence so far. But the issue was that we succeeded because we did what we, we first knew what we wanted, we went at it in that way, and then thought, how within that context can we make it happen? And so we come to the next important question, which is that uh, whatever you do, you should enjoy the doing and not just the thought of what you'll get once you've done it. Find something you can be happy doing and don't think, well, I have to do this, this uh, burdensome thing, because then in the end I'll have the money to be able to do it. If you go at it that way, you'll probably be an old man or woman before you even reach the point where you can do it. And if you're 40 when you can do it, you'll probably still be old because you'll be old in consciousness. You'll be old because you'll be brittle. You'll be old because you won't be able to think creatively anymore. Your mind will have been fixed in just driving, driving, driving so that you can't enjoy that success even when you have it. So let's get back to basics. You want fulfillment. I don't think I have to pose that as a question that demands an answer. It's a rhetorical question. Everybody wants fulfillment. If you're so discouraged that you don't think you'll have it and therefore you don't want it, that has to be a temporary state because it's human nature to want fulfillment. So how do you define fulfillment? Well, some people may define it in those terms I talked of at the beginning, the nice home and the family and uh, uh, respect of neighbors and so on. But why do you want those things? 
Let's get down and down and down, sort of peeling away all these layers of clothing so we can expose ourselves to the sunlight. What do you really want? Isn't it that you want happiness? Isn't it that you want peace of mind? Isn't it really that you want love? That you want understanding? That you want more than happiness, because happiness usually means something that one has because he's fulfilled a desire, but deeper than that, don't you want joy, bliss, something that is yours all the time? I remember a saint once telling me when I wake up in the morning, I just feel these waves of bliss and I just turn over and live in that bliss for a while and get up still sort of floating in that bliss. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be in that state? Wouldn't it be wonderful to feel a kind of joy that was yours all the time so that if somebody asked you, are you happy, you wouldn't have to stop and think, as most people do. Well, I'm not in the hospital. I've paid my bills. I, I, uh, uh, my enemy just moved to Florida. Uh, yeah, I'm happy. No reasons for it. You just have it because that's what you are. Isn't that the real fulfillment that you're looking for? I venture to say that it is, because you're no different from me. Jesus Christ said, love your neighbor as yourself. What he was really saying is, love your neighbor because he is yourself. He's like you because he is you. In the sense that although every island in the Pacific Ocean is different from every other, some are small, some are large, some are volcanic, etc., etc. But all islands are manifestations of the same earth. And in that, they're one. In that, there's no basic difference between one island and all other islands. So yes, you're different in the fact of being a woman, maybe, or in the fact of having a different age, a different job, a different body, living in a different location. But if you get down underneath it, you and I, both of us are simply expressions of one great reality, one great ocean, you might say, of life. And as expressions of that one reality, we all have the same basic drives, the same basic longings, the same basic need for the same fundamental fulfillment. So I would say that to get down to these basics, because uh, uh, if I were to talk about how to fulfill your life in specific ways, I'd be holding you here a long time, or probably you'd find something in the refrigerator that was very tempting and leave the program. However, if we get down to what we're really talking about, it's that we're all longing for something that's eternal. And so I would say, as it says in the Bible, in all thy getting, get understanding. I would say, in all thy getting, spend some time with yourself, not with your little ego, with your higher self. Meditate some every day. Talk to God. Listen for his answer in the inner silence. Learn how to meditate. We can give you techniques of meditation that would help you to get beyond that restless mind of yours so that you could really feel that cosmic peace. When you can do that, then you'll find what fulfillment really is. And when you understand what you really want, you'll find that not only that, but everything else comes easily. 
Jesus Christ said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you.